2: It's <laughs> you
0: Welcome to the PHLY Sixers podcast on a rainy Thursday here in Philadelphia, alongside my partners as always, Derek Bodner, Kyle Newbeck, I'm Devon Givens. We have a lot to talk about on an off day for the Sixers, back at it on Friday as the third leg of the road trip continues in Houston, Saturday also with a basketball game, last game of this 2023 Uh, calendar year we have a lot to get into from a mailbag Tobias Harris again rumors all around with some other names the Pistons could they be interested once again a game a little bit later of could you yes you no not you some others could they play for the 76ers and so much more here with you as we hang out Kyle, what's going on, man? Got a a lot to get into with your favorite player, uh, the cover on the Sixers. We'll get to him. I
1: mean, we have a lot to get into as I completely melt down trying to send a single tweet (laughs) to promote the podcast on Twitter. You know, it's a rainy day for all of us. Every now
3: and then you have a four for 20 night. night. The key is just that you bounce back. Listen,
1: we had a game last night. This would normally be a load management day for me. So (laughs) we're... We're all working through it. We're getting there, but uh, I'm I'm hanging in. Really? It's I'm in my, my raincoat here because it's another miserable day in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, I, I just brought the hat, left it back there on the
0: <laughs> table. That was it. Uh, Derek, uh, again, uh, we have, we have uh, some fun to get to with Tobias sure. Harris where his name we'll continues to yep. – his, his name is continuing to come up, not just from us, but some other people who tend to put some of those rumors out there about – Availability, Maybe, maybe this player, maybe that player. His name has also been one of the common names thrown out there.
3: Yeah, it's almost like we're living in a content machine and we need something to talk about every day, and so do a lot of other people in our field. So we have these conversations, and we are getting up close. You know, the calendar is about to flip. Getting to January, only a little over, maybe about six weeks away from the trade pitch. I'm like, Kyle, I cannot function today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I at least can speak. It's the the typing part. Only about six
3: weeks away from the trade deadline, so these rumors are going to keep coming up. Uh, The latest one from Sham Sharania basically mentioned that the Pistons were in the market for a scoring power forward is, I think, the way he phrased it. Mm -hmm. Listed the two from Toronto, OG and Siakam, uh, along with – uh, Tobias and what was it? Miles Bridges, I think Miles was Bridges the fourth was one. The Which other. I gotta yeah, say, yeah, you know,
1: culture, it, real culture setter, exactly. uh, on a team that needs one. Well, well, I was just he's in Michigan, native.
3: <coughs> well, I <was> sarcasm
1: just, <laughs> for everyone listening, just to be clear.
3: I was just saying yesterday while we were in the studio that I almost felt bad for the Pistons and what they're going through and their fans and their players because it's not the players' fault. The GM. Did the bad job construct? Well, nope. Now, if they are honestly interested in Miles Bridges, they deserve every kind of agony I that would they still are going. feel bad for the, the players. players sure, I w- not the organization. I would
1: continue to double down if on saying is Troy Bridges, Weaver yes. is a fucking bozo. So, you know. <laughs>
3: Should not be in the NBA. That's a different conversation. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel. I mean, we'll you do a different podcast for You that. Have. <laughs> You have.
1: So, I mean, but the basic premise here is that obviously Detroit is in a historic rut. 27 losses in a row. It's about to be 28. They're going to lose to Boston tonight. I feel pretty damn confident of that. And they're interested in Tobias. I I will say, for all the grief that we give Tobias, do think earnestly, not as like a, hey, please trade for him, Trey Weaver. I do think that Tobias is the sort of guy that would help them as a program, right? Guy with the multifaceted skill set, good in the locker room, positive guy, will you know help steer them through this. Whether that's worth any real trade value on an expiring contract when I would suspect Tobias is not staying there long-term, wants to play for a winner, I think you could look and say, yeah, I think there's probably a, a reason or two or three for Detroit to trade for Tobias. The question is, can Daryl Morey, can the Sixers trick them into paying surplus value and whether it's getting the guys they need from Detroit directly or taking what they could get from Detroit, rerouting that into a bigger package into maybe the final piece or pieces from another team. That's the kind of the million dollar question for me, <coughs> because I do think with True Weaver still having his job, which at this point is just crazy to me, right? Like I, I don't know how you're going to let the guy who created the mess try to clean up the mess. That seems a little goofy from my perspective, but as long as he's in charge, I don't think anything is necessarily off the table in terms of what you might be able to get from them. And that's why this is so interesting for me. Gavin says, uh, who the hell do you even take back for Toby from Detroit? Well,
0: Don't was, worry, gonna, Gavin,
1: we'll get there.
0: So I was going to point out
3: Corey Katz, who mentioned that everyone on Detroit is either bad or young, and a lot of them are both bad and young. Yeah. It's not a bad point.
0: So, But hang in there. We'll get there a little bit later. <laughs> to your point of Tobias Harris wanting to play for a winner, um, the one thing about him is we we've talked about Tobias Harris that he has bought in. He was sacrificed. He sacrificed so much during his time here in Philadelphia. And, and you're absolutely right. He hit the jackpot. His, his dad is also his agent. You know, you can't separate the two, really. Father of the several years, he's, Terrell he's Harris. He's done a great job of getting that contract, $180 million. Say what you want about Tobias Harris, all that stuff. We, I think we all felt he's in a certain bracket. That's not his bracket. That said, great job by Terrell Harris to get that done and at the right time. But... He has sacrificed. He has done so many things to help this basketball team win to get to the position regular season-wise and some in the postseason where I thought a couple of years ago before they were knocked out in the second round, he was the most consistent player in the postseason before they dropped, not last year uh, against Boston. So when I look at him, and, and Kyle, you say he wants to maybe go somewhere and be, and play for a winner. He wants to – he'll stay there for this year, of course, but he'll go in, in the offseason and, and take – an opportunity elsewhere to be a winner. Then I kind of go back and say, let me play devil's advocate a little bit and say, do we know that for sure? Got $180 million, he hit the jackpot. Do we know that he doesn't want to get another really good contract? Where Detroit the question might really overpay? Is, like, is,
1: is that out there, I, whether it it's is, Detroit it or anywhere else? it be Detroit
0: versus somewhere else, to, a winner, as you say. If he is going to go and let's say he ends up in Houston as a piece of what they have going on or they to, to get them over the top with Imei Udoka or the Golden State Warriors want to throw some money because they moved on from Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins and they say Tobias Harris might fit, I personally don't think that they're going to pay where a team like Detroit might overpay and would that be more enticing to Tobias Harris than going to, as we say, play for that winner? I don't know that. I, I just don't. He does it here. He does that now. But a lot of times, even hearing Gilbert Arenas and company talk about it a few weeks ago, give them the opportunity to make the money over playing for a winner. Some people are built that way. And we, I don't know that because we've seen Tobias here for the last five on, in this, this
1: particular situation. Right, it's easy to say I think Tobias Harris wants to win when he's on a winning team making 180 yeah. million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's you don't we can speculate, but we don't actually know. He had, that hasn't been put to the test. He was given an opportunity to essentially try to do both at the same time here. The next opportunity I think is going to look quite a bit different. But and For some sure. of those reasons are out of his control. We talked about the new CBA and how that's going to impact guys moving forward. I think Tobias will be a great example of that, right? He's not going out there and getting $40 million from anybody, but where is the floor on what Tobias brings, which is, you know, as much as we give him flack on this show in this city, pretty reliably productive player over the last four or five years or so has a lot of tools in the kit is a good locker room guy has a good reputation What is that worth on the broader market? But more importantly to what we're talking about now, what is that worth to a team that has lost 27 straight games Mm. and is in complete ass covering mode, right? Like that's the whole reason you lock in on a Detroit or as we get closer to the deadline, we'll see who the other teams are, is because even though Troy Weaver got a fairly recent extension, everything to me is on the table there right now, right? Like you can't look at a team that has now set the all-time mark for consecutive losses in one season and say, "Oh yeah, no, well that's untouchable. We can't do that. We can't do this." They're going to consider everything whether it's moving Jaden Ivy, moving first-round picks to try to get this thing right right now because otherwise there going to be some people out of work very soon and I think that's it's a situation that a guy like Daryl Morey with more stability more security in what he's got should be able to take advantage of.
3: Yeah. I'm sort of going back to the Tobias point. Like, I feel like if he was prioritizing money over winning, like you mentioned, right now he's in a spot where he gets both, and that's great. But I feel like with the contract coming up, we would have seen some kind of evidence of that. Instead, we complain that he's not taking enough shots, that he's not, he's being not aggressive selfish enough. enough. Yeah. So I don't think he necessarily would want to go to a place where he can be, f- you know, f- a focus. And lose a lot. Like I I feel like he he's his head's where it. I I feel like the Six are a good spot for him in that regard. Um, But you never truly know. Pistons are weird because I feel like the one person that we would have interest in for sure is Monte Morris. Yep. With the backup, he's injured, hasn't played at all this year. I think he's still got a couple weeks before he's being reevaluated for what was it a quad. Uh, quad, he's been yeah. out for
0: a while with the quad. Yeah, too. he's
3: been out um, all season. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's the one person I think would be a clear cut fit. Bogdanovich, I feel like a lot of people are, are going to point out, and certainly his off ball shooting would be interesting. He's a traffic cone on defense, uh, and I think that would be tough to integrate. A lot of it depends on what else you can get with him because he should be a cheap acquisition. But really, it's like how much does Detroit want Tobias? Is it enough where he they, they would actually give up like a first round pick to get some kind of stability in there to get Tobias's bird rights? Because in the context of the Shams quote, it did seem like he was talking a little bit about possible free agent uh, additions and acquisitions, people they could pursue. Right, those are
1: all guys that are coming up as yep. free agents in the in the summer.
3: But it's sort of like what we say with Daryl. You would like to get that player on your roster beforehand, so you're then just re-signing him. That's a little easier to pencil in. It's a little easier to rely upon. Would he actually be willing to give up something like a first round pick to make that happen, so you can then include that in the next um, you know star level acquisition? I can't see it. But they are Detroit for a reason, so who knows?
1: And I, I think if I didn't bring it up on the show yesterday, I know I talked with you guys about this in a production meeting. I think the the interesting piece to me is, is how do they view, at, at this stage, Jaden Ivey? Yes. Is he truly one of their building block players? I know it was only recently that he was a, a top 10 pick and... A lot of people believed he was a steal when they got him. How do they view him at this point? And I think it's important to note that doesn't just mean Troy Weaver, who's the executive running the team. It's Monty Williams, who's the highest paid coach in the league, so he's going to have a pretty significant say over how Ivy is used, how many minutes he gets, so on and so forth. And He started the last two games, by the way. He has started recently. But for a lot of this season, he's not only been coming off the bench, but his minutes have been getting yanked in one direction or another. I mean, it's, it's not quite to the level of you know, Jaden Springer, guy like that, obviously lower priority in the Sixers organization mm-hmm. than Ivy is in Detroit. But I look at it and say, okay, maybe they don't get a pick. Maybe Detroit says our picks are so valuable moving forward because of where we're at that we just can't part with any of those. But maybe they say we'll make Jaden Ivey available because he clearly is not in the coach's plans to the extent that we might have believed coming in. And if he's not going to be a big part of this program moving forward, move him now while he still has value. Well, if the Six I don't think the Sixers have real use for a young developing guard like that. But if you can get a chip like that in a Tobias trade somehow, now you're packaged to go get the Ananobis, the, you I mean, flip on them. the high end, a marking yep. in like guys like that. You have a much more interesting package now because you have all these picks that you accumulated through the hardened trade. You have a young, potentially blue chip prospect in the eyes of some in Ivy to flip along with that. You got other guys, interesting pieces to trade. If they can somehow get him involved in a deal, then we're talking about they have another level they can hit in trade packages, yeah. but I still do think if I had to guess it's going to be tough to get him out of Detroit.
3: And one of the nice things about the Harden trade outside of the fact that we haven't talked about Harden in weeks, which is freaking fantastic. I can't tell you how much <laughs> that has improved my <laughs> mental health. But the other nice thing is they brought back so much expiring contracts that you can trade to buy Saris in a deal like this. Maybe that might be to get a role player that you want. Maybe that might be to get a first round pick that you want. Again, I think that's a long shot, but with me, and still have enough expiring contracts that you can then aggregate those and still be a big player at, at, at the trade deadline if something comes up. So I do think they have a lot of flexibility in that regard. It does make sense if you have a chance to get a young player, a pick, or even just role players that fit your team better to entertain that, and you can do that while still, like I said, being a player at the February trade deadline. And
0: again, on the Pistons side with the Jaynie piece that you talk about, Kate Cunningham is their first overall pick. He seems like he's still in their plans. They still seem to like him because he
1: has been starting. And Franklin has been coming him. on lately too. us played really well after. Yeah. Uh, now like, the question
0: like, is, can those two play together? And for Monty Williams, at least from the start of this season, it doesn't appear that that's what he likes. That's, they went through an entire training camp and decided – they cannot play together. He has to come off the bench. And as the guys mentioned, that he wasn't playing a lot of minutes with that either. He's only started as of late, Jaden Ivey, where he is getting that. So, one thing for sure that we know about Monty Williams going back to his New Orleans days with Chris Paul, he's tough on his point guards he go to Phoenix, even with Chris Paul. The conversations were then now brought back up again from their time in, in New Orleans because of how tough he was then, how tough he was still on Chris Paul, but Chris Paul was a different level where he couldn't go to the same lengths anymore. And those two figured things out, and they came together for them to turn their program around, get to the NBA Finals. And now we're in this situation where we're looking at it. Uh, He's tough on young players again because of the DeAndre Ayton stuff that started to come out, the rumors that came out of there. So not to say that Jaden Ivey may have a problem attitude wise or anything, but he is a top five pick. He probably felt as if he deserved certain things, as he probably should, and trying to show his new coach that, hey, I belong on this floor next to Kay Cunningham. Let's figure it out. That does not seem to be the plans. But when you lose 24 games in a row, let's say, before he got into the starting lineup, you have to now adjust and do different things. As <laughs> she talked about, nothing is off the table. So why not put this talented guard in there? It may be for shopping purposes during the trade deadline, or maybe, again, hey, coming from the top, we need to see this guy play. All right, we let you make the decision he wasn't playing. Look at our losing streak that's now historic And Jaden Ivey is going to be an interesting piece once we do get around the trade deadline, whether he's playing well at that time or the team has gotten better or not. His name is going to come up because they have to figure out something with their future.
3: And again, I sort of think that this report specifically is a lot of noise. I don't necessarily expect anything to come of it. Detroit's not the most natural trade partner I can't imagine they're going to give up a pick or anything of real value for that so I don't think there's much to really to talk about but it's always good when a team values a player that you want not just values Tobias as a, a an expiring contract but they actually value the player there's some motivation there might open up three teams here trade, trades down the line it just gives you more avenues to get stuff done so it's a it's good even if it might not be relevant ultimately
0: so we're going to get into that in a little bit uh, probably after this quick Note that we give you guys We're going to get into Could you play for the Philadelphia 76ers We're going to look at Detroit And I might have a little surprise for you guys too Throw some Uh, names from uh, elsewhere But before we Hopefully we have
1: no more subscription surprises (laughs) For Derek (laughs) Bodner Because he's been using rocket money religiously
3: I've I've still got to use a little more Because I definitely have (laughs) (laughs) some I actually just got a notification on my phone. They are like, hey, you, you, you go to Wawa a lot. I'm like, thank you, Rocket Money. I know that already. I didn't need so, you to tell me that. Hey,
1: fat ass. But, but what they will tell
3: you is about those unwanted subscriptions. I have mentioned a couple of those true stories, HBO, Zwift, stuff that I was paying months and months and months for. Rocket Money helped me find We all want to make sure that we get the most out of our money and that you're not wasting money on those unnecessary subscriptions. With most of the products that we endorse, we're trying to convince you that whatever they cost, the experience you get is worth it. But with Rocket Money, it's easy. There's a very real chance that you will save money by using Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something you don't want, you can cancel it with a tap and you never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to RocketMoney.com/phly. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y, rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y.
0: And with that money that you save there, you can go to another great spot that's been with us from the start of things, and that is FOCO. Some late gifts. Got to get in there. You got to get them, or you want to get prepared for the Philadelphia playoff run. In football, FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and merchandise and entertainment uh, with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. So again, if you're getting ready for... The big playoff run that the football team is going to have, you're going to be tailgating. Well, it's going to get a little chilly, might be a little misty from time to time with some rain. They better have some home games. Overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for the game. And even if you're going to an establishment or something, and you need your hats, you want to represent your team, FOCO is the place for you. FOCO has hooked P-H-L-Y up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. You'll see behind Derek and Kyle in in just a short time. FOCO always has our back for 50 Philly Sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-pre sale items. Use the promo code PHLY10 for ten percent off. Again, PHLY10. That's for you for ten percent off. All big, right,
3: big playoff run, huh? Were you sharing that same optimism on the PHLY Eagles show, or is that just reserved? No, for I Ed was Roots? mad because
0: I didn't understand <laughs> why the quarterback at the end of the second quarter. I've seen him do this before: pull the ball down. Makes get some yards, run out of bounds. Yeah, he decided I'm taking on all these linebackers <laughs> and safeties from five yards out because I can squat
1: 600 pounds. He played good. That was bad. <laughs> I want to do a quick detour from. Like it's that was bad. around the same lines of what we're talking about because his name keeps popping up yeah. in the chat between Phil Liam. Some other people. Another guard? DeJounte Murray yeah. in Atlanta. I, I feel like we haven't gotten into him a ton. I think probably the two guys that are, let's call them dark horse candidates to be you know, big trade guys before the deadline are him and Quickly in New York. Mm. Quickly probably a bigger dark horse. I think Murray has a better chance of getting moved just sure. because Atlanta, you know, not very good. We'll put it that and way. And it's not working with Trey Young like they thought. I'm curious. What I think I know, Derek's stance on Dejounte, because him and I share a lot of similar feelings. What do you think of Dejounte Murray, just as a, as it relates to the Sixers specifically, yeah. but also kind of in so general? I've thought about him as a
0: backcourt partner, also with Tyrese Maxey, just because we've talked about. Him kind of bored with the other names so you try to come up with some others so bored with the names of ananobi and even bogdanovich mixing in some of those those names that we continue to hear on a day-by-day basis and i thought of murray because he is young uh, more he's a two-way player maybe not as good as he used to be defensively when he was with the spurs since he's been in atlanta that has not worked different mindset than Trey Young, Tyrese Maxey has. So I was, I, I factor in, you know, we factor in so many different things. How would that work? Quinn Snyder is a very good coach. Why is it not working there? He comes here potentially. Nick Nurse, very good coach. Could that work out? Is this locker room better where he's still young enough where that could work out pretty well for him? Also playing with someone like Tyrese Maxey who just goes out there and plays basketball freely and does what he's done, he's having fun. But Then I look at it and I say, you know what, I think I might like DeJounte Murray a little bit more from afar. And when he's in Atlanta, the things that you do here, Kyle and Derek talk to a lot of people, uh, that he wants more offensive uh, responsibility. And is that going to get in the way here? We've talked Mm -hmm. about it with some of these other names that are better scorers, Zach Levine. Is he going to buy into his role here? Is he out of Atlanta because he wants more? comes to Philadelphia. And again, things are going so well, you start to mess up the apple cart because you want more on offense. No, my man, you got to fall in line. We know you've been an (laughs) all-star. I get it. You've been an all-star and you're very, very talented, but that was in a different situation with the Spurs where you were very team oriented because of what Popovich and the Spurs were at that time to then go into Atlanta, getting the big money, Uh, being there in that situation where you were going to be billed as the number two behind Trey Young, and it hasn't worked out the way that most people thought. So seeing that, I don't know now who DeJounte Murray is. Uh, Talent-wise, we know, but again, the mindset for me is big because you can't come in here and mess things up uh, when the locker room is good, and I don't know if he's that type of locker room player that you want coming here. I think the fit on the floor would
1: work. He's not a great shooter. He's not a very good shooter. He's in the midst of his best shooting season. Yes. I believe he's making 37, 37 yep. on about six a game, yeah. six yeah. A But, game.
0: I, but no. if they did it, if Daryl Morey did it, I wouldn't sit here, I don't think, and destroy it. Of course, we need to know what the return is and what he's sending to Atlanta. But if he did it, it would be one of those things where I'm sure I would sit here and say, okay, I'm intrigued because I could see the pairing there in the backcourt, I could see the matchup. It takes responsibility off of Maxi defensively. He's a better maybe on-ball defender a little bit with the length. It's a better overall player, pardon me, than De'Anthony Melton. And I would be curious to see how it works if he did it. It better work because then we would absolutely come after the front office if it if it did not. And we see how things work on the floor, but. He is one that I like more from afar. If they did it, depending on what the package was, I would, I would buy in because I would be interested to see you're more
1: intrigued than happy is what it seems like your point. Because I'm also big on
0: what does the coach do? What does the coach see that he can make this work? What are the, what are the conversations with the front office where he says, yeah, I'm good with that. Let's see how it happens. Let's see, let's see where this goes. I'm more intrigued, maybe than more both of you, um, when it comes to Dejounte Murray.
3: Yeah, I think Dejounte, like conceptually, makes some sense. You know, six five, can play on and off ball, good defender, six ten wingspan, having a career year from three, like Kyle mentioned, shooting 37% from three on good volume. Before that, he was a career 33% three point shooter, but I think in theory, it makes a lot more sense than it does in practice. He's always been, I thought, one of the more overrated offensive players in the league. The kind of guy who will take 18 shots to get you 20 points. Uh, you know, he never got the free throw line, was never a consistent three-point shooter. Mid-range heavy, not exactly the kind of archetype that I would want next to Embiid and Maxi. If you buy the shot, I have a little more interest in him than I previously did, but I don't think... A third of a season is enough to override a six-year career before then. Uh, So I still have significant concerns with that shot. And I
1: want to let you keep cooking, Derek. I brought this. I want to bring this in right now. How can
3: you Catch
1: and shoot numbers this year, he's at basically league out, 35.5%. He's shooting 41% on pull-up threes. So I think you could easily make the case it's just an unsustainable 30 games.
3: I love that. I'm going to let you finish, but (laughs) let me interrupt you. Uh, no, I think Kyle's right. I think a lot of that is unsustainability. Uh, I don't think he's going to space the floor. I think the on-ball defense is overrated. I think he's a very good off-ball defender uh, and team defender, but I think on-ball he can be picked picked on. Um, and I just don't want to give him 18 shots per night, and I think he's going to come here, expect... If you are still playing like he was you know, mid, mid-Spurs mid career, I have interest in that DeJounte Murray, even though I still have significant concerns over the shot. Um, I do like that he can make, uh, make a play with the ball. He doesn't turn it over a lot. There are aspects of his game that I like. But I think he's a bit overrated, going to cost more than he's probably worth, going to demand more shots than he's worth and would be a tough fit next to Embiid and Maximum. And,
0: and Phil W. Uh, sorry, Kyle. Phil W. You're says, good. Devon, why you keep saying fit in? Murray plays. He would play with Embiid. I know he would. This is the same way we have this conversation with Zach Levine. It's not just Embiid. Tyrese Maxey is your second best player yes. on this basketball team, Phil. And still
1: would be the and second best still, player on the basketball exactly. team. Exactly.
0: So that's what we're talking about. It's about the, the fit. All of the things, the numbers and all, I, it looks fantastic. But some of those things that they just brought up, Derek and Kyle, but also the mentality of coming in here, knowing that you're going to be the third option. He's going from the number one option when they were at their, when he was at his best making an all-star team with the Spurs, taking a role as the number two option with the Atlanta Hawks, and he was perfectly fine with that because, again, he's going to get 18 to 20 shots a night. He can do whatever he wants. Coming here, that may not be available for him. And is he going to buy into that? So when the when he's not getting his shots, if they do start to lose a little bit, or if they lose in the postseason and we start to hear things creeping out, well, if I had more opportunity, I, I feel like we would have won all of that hype is to the field, Then we would be having that conversation. So as I said, if they did it, I would be intrigued because of how you feel, but I also look at the other things, the role that he had with the Spurs, the role that he currently has with the Atlanta Hawks, and he hasn't made a bit of a difference. They've actually gone backwards from what they were. They may have gotten ahead of themselves after they beat the Sixers and advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals and thought they could win when they really couldn't, and a lot of that really does have to do with Trey Young because he's really not a winning player yet, but they have gone backwards since he has gotten there. And you can even argue they have a much better coach and it's still not working. They have talented players personnel-wise. They got rid of John Collins, who may have been, had an issue with the point guard in Atlanta. DeJounte Murray is still there. And I'll say it again, Phil. They still don't win, and they have not gotten better. They have a below 500 record right now. It's not that good. So what? as much as I think there's more, I think there's more of when you look at one side, it's probably you know, 52, 48, 51, 49, when you're looking at the scale of of how good it would be in terms of a trade, it's not a s- flat-out no, but it's not a flat-out yes either. It's talent. It's a talent that you don't have currently on the rosters, which is why we were going to play this little game here, have some fun with the Pistons, but it's not an, a flat-out, let me stamp it in fit as you're yeah, making it out to be. Get to exactly. Murray, no, yeah, gotta get Murray, he's way down the list, but it's an interesting name which is why Kyle wanted to bring it up and why many of you bring it up in there. And Phil says, do you see the Boston starting five? Yes, I do. You know what they do? They all buy in. They all buy in. Derek White knows his role. The ultimate know-my-role players are Al Horford and Drew Holiday. They know their roles. They're cool with it. They're cool with it. So, Phil, I understand it, man, and I know that's probably somebody at the top of your list, but we can't sit here and make it out to be
1: like he is just going to come in and change everything. That's all. And the maxi component is the most important thing to me. You can't
3: spend significant assets on a player that you aren't confident can fit next to maxi.
1: And uh, even less like fitting next to maxi than... Understanding. If if this team, (laughs) like, let's be realistic here. I don't think the Sixers are winning the title this year, right? That's a fair thing to say. They would have to pull off some pretty incredible deadline work to go from... Where they're at right now, which is very good, but still probably a step or two away from being a a title winner. To get to that title winning, there's a lot of work that has to be done. But the biggest thing that needs to happen is you need to facilitate Tyrese Maxey's growth from really good all-star level young player to title-winning number two next to title-winning number one Joel Embiid, or you know in the pie-in-the-sky scenario, he becomes the number one feature player. Joel takes a step back, whatever it is. You need to get Maxi to that top-line championship level, and I don't think you do that by bringing in a guy where you have to play your turn, my turn on offense to make it work. That's not to say that DeJounte Murray – is a bad player without value, I think, on the defensive side of the ball. He's someone that will help them out and and make a more complete backcourt than you have currently. Like, Melton is a good defender, good in, I'd say, kind of similar ways as as Murray, but you just upgrade the offensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. That's all well and good. But after watching Maxie next to Harden and seeing him get relegated to... Well, he's a spot-up guy. He's a catch-and-shoot guy, whatever, for long long periods of games. I don't want him to go back to that. I don't think that's the right thing for him. I don't think it's the right thing for the organization that needs him to be the guy next to Joel over the next three to five years so maybe nick nurse would be able to figure that out and and figure out a way that all those pieces sync up and work together i think that'd be a big task in the middle of the season and frankly i would just be hunting for a different sort of player who's more comfortable in that role than i think murray is similar size in terms of six you know frame wise six four six five
0: but different overall skill package and mindset too Uh, because when he was with San Antonio he really looked like he was just simply buying into what they wanted him to do when he got to Atlanta again roles change with that role change maybe And I do put look
1: you brought up we've said Trey's name I do think Trey specifically is a tough one where he should be a better off ball player than he is Mm -hmm. I don't think Trey buys into no that whole concept in the backcourt. So it's hard for me to parse, all right, how much of this is DeJounte coming here and being a a clunky fit guy who doesn't want to do this? And how much of it is like it's Trey Young's world and he's just living in it? That part's hard to tell because at the end of his Spurs tenure, he was the guy and it's like, okay, so he's coming from being the guy and he's stepping on Trey's toes. But I think certainly Trey has needed to be a a cleaner fit to DeJounte than he's been. So I, I would at least give him some benefit of the doubt. But to your point, Devon, I think it would be a risk. And it is it is not like, oh, that's the the number one guy. That's the home run swing. It's a decent trade, depending on the price, that we would have to see how it turns out. And that's where the intrigue comes in
0: overall. I,
3: I don't know what you guys are talking about. According to Trey Young, the regular season is boring. Oh, all right, cool, man. Remember when he said that after they beat the Sixers, they came out the next year. They struggled. Oh, eh, regular season's kind of boring. That was a fraudulent run in the conference finals, buddy. Accomplished something? Um,
1: well, listen, he accomplished more than the Sixers. <laughs> well, look, I'm not playing for the Sixers. I
3: can be objective about that. They have a below 500 record since knocking the Sixers out. Um, no, I mean, look, his Dejounte now. His trade value might just be so low that you we can talk ourselves into it. Um, and the Did contract you? isn't that bad it's like high 20s low 30s i think for the next yeah. three years i think it
1: like caps out at almost 30 31 yeah. at the end so of the, the contract
3: isn't the biggest hurdle here it's the assets you would have to give up if it just becomes the point where it's so little that's worth a shot i could i could talk myself into it i'm not a complete Dejounte hater there's just aspects of his game that i think are overrated would make me um cautious of putting in both next to tyrese maxi and being the one that you go go in for um, but he's certainly intriguing, just because Atlanta has been so bad, and his trade value is seemingly pretty far depressed.
0: Whoa, Shahid, that's that's my folks right there. We can't be doing that. Yeah,
1: hey, that's yeah. Listen, I'm gonna I'm put you on a watch
0: list yeah, for that one. I we're don't not, know. we not doing that one, man. It's
1: my <laughs> folks. Okay.
0: Keeping said, if
3: it would work.
1: Oh. Well, guys, if you want to see players like the Murray. Mikhail Bridges, a friend of the pod, and in some at least friend of Devon. I won't we'll, say get him, friend we'll get of the him pod.
0: here. We'll get him here.
1: You can use the wonderful Game Time app because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time has killer deals on last-minute tickets and a best price guarantee, so that you can stop stressing over the tickets, start getting hype for all the fun you'll have, guys. I know I was promoting Game Time as a use it as a holiday gift, buy some last-minute tickets. Now I know you all have some Christmas cash to put to use. What better way to do that than to maybe head down to the Wells Fargo Center, maybe check out an Eagles playoff game, something around Philadelphia or wherever you guys are living at want to catch one of the Philadelphia teams? Game time is the place to go, and you can go for last-minute deals. You don't have to plan that far in advance because there are deals on tickets right up to the day of the event exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more was not able to convince these guys to go to the nutcracker with me maybe next year when it's back in town i didn't
3: get an invitation all right, it's for it's the show. Gonna it's, it's, it's not going to work if you don't send an invitation, buddy.
1: Uh, 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 Devon's not <laughs> in on the nutcracker. But guys, the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price, no matter what you're trying to see. Because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you one hundred ten percent of the difference. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, you are set. And those tickets get sent directly to your phone. Never have to dig through your email. So, snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code PHLY. $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. All right, we're going to get to our mailbag questions in here in a short
0: time. I want to throw some of these names. Let's have some fun quickly. We always have fun, but. Well, folks, we want to get you involved, too, in the chat. So as I throw a couple of these names, I'm going to take, we're going to play, could you play for the 76ers? Detroit Pistons, 27-game losing streak, probably going to extend it to 28 tonight, taking on those Boston Celtics, the leader of the Eastern Conference. We'll throw some names at you guys. Could you play for the 76ers no bogdanovich we've talked about him extensively we talked about Jaden Ivey, kate cunningham yeah, we got to
1: cut out all the, yeah, the easy slam dunk jalen duran
0: of course he could play for the 76ers we're going to throw some different names at the guys because we're talking historically bad here so
3: and we don't we don't care about contract or anything like nothing like that,
0: right? we're okay. just talking talent wise could you help this basketball team right now because we've been through this in the past when this very franchise here was rebuilding, and we're like, oh, could house Thompson play somewhere else? Could Tony Roten get a roster spot elsewhere? The answer was no for a lot of those <laughs> players. So let's do the same here. All right, let me start here. Fellas, name number one. People in the chat. Marvin Bagley. No. Hell no. Could no. he <laughs> play? Could you get that Marvin shit out of Bagley here. No. pay for the 76ers? Hell no. he has got some good size. So- 6'10, 235. Versatile front court player,
3: versatile in what? In that he can (laughs) he can fail defensively at every spot. Yeah,
1: man, he looks bad. He is not a he can't defend centers, and he also can't shoot. So it's one of those. Office space. What is it you would say you do here? Type you know, thing. They took
3: him over Luca and Jaron oh Jackson, and Trey. And this is not revisionist history. I I did not think I did not think he was a top ten pick at the time. Him to go two overall is just wild. It's just oh wild. man,
1: Corey Katz says hard pass. Yeah. Wow. By the way, Jason Blevins, bat, blast from the past in the chat. Oh, good to see says, you back. Look at that power trio. Hey guys. Hello, Thank Jason. Missed you Jason.
0: Jada, time, no Jada, at
3: Reading Terminal.
1: Yeah, man,
0: it's got to come out sometime. Here's the thing, too, with with Bagley, and then we'll move on to another name. It has to be really bad, too. It's all along the lines of Jalen Rager's dad and Marvin Bagley's dad. They were—he was notorious for calling out the Sacramento front office, the franchise, the fan base, not giving his son enough of an opportunity similar here where Jalen Rager did get the opportunity just like Marvin Bagley did. They just weren't good at their jobs. And for their draft position, and it worked out that way, man. Just a bad thing. The whole story, all, all the way. An opportunity to play in Detroit did not happen last season there, not happening now. He gets some run
1: from time to time. He's injured. When he's out there on the floor, it just looks really bad. He can't do anything. I will say this about Bagley, because I don't know if you're going to name the, another guy that I'm thinking of oh, right I'm now. I'm going there. I know. What I you're going at on. least think that Marvin Bagley looks like he's played basketball before. That's James Wiseman. For? That's where we go next. James, James Wiseman could you play might for 76ers? be one of the worst basketball players I've seen get drafted as high as he was. Over uh, Lamelo Ball. I mean, over Lamelo, over Halliburton. Now Halliburton wasn't in Just real consideration. Of where up that they high. Were, what, yeah. yeah, Lamelo was the guy in contention. the The thing with Wiseman is that I don't. I When I watch him, I'm like, how the hell did you arrive at that decision that you just made? There are plenty of guys in the league that, like, oh, missed the rotation, did this, did that. He runs himself into places where it's like... Buddy, your guy is driving into that spot. Your guy is about to grab that rebound. Or you just need to run rim to rim and be <laughs> tall and stick your hands up. And he just doesn't do these like, very basic principles of basketball. Folks, let me basketball. jump in on that, too,
0: because we watched me and Derek watched the Sixers play the Pistons in back-to-back games in the home-at-home. And, home. and watching Kyle react to James Wiseman on the floor was comical. Comical because he's like, Look, he's just running in circles.
1: How did he just do I, that right there? So, for whatever he's issues back. that Bagley has, yeah. Bagley at least does some things like, Oh, okay, yeah, looks like he's played basketball for longer than the 15 minutes that he took <laughs> to think about this game previously.
3: Uh, I mean, I think the Sixers might have, but we, the Sixers is. Marcus Bagley's still with the organization? He's nah, with the Blue Coats? No, they let him
1: go. No, I don't believe I thought so. he, he signed well, with the G He might be on the – Yeah, I, I think he might be at the But I don't he's – He Full might but he's not a two-way I don't anything, pay enough so. attention to the Blue Coats to be like, That's yeah, enough. yeah, I know where Marcus Bagley is.
3: That's enough Bagley's right for me. I don't need yeah. another one. All here. right, yeah.
1: let's, let's
0: move on then. Let's go to another name. Let me give you this one. I didn't say this name as a young player, but I'll say it here. Killian Hayes, could you – Play for the Philadelphia
1: 76ers. I mean, no, that's,
3: that's featured player Killian Hayes. That's starting <laughs> twenty-one games, Killian Hayes. He's twenty-two, is six-five. That
1: might be Monty Williams' biggest crime of this season is the amount of rope he's given Killian Hayes over over Ivy. Over, I, I mean, over almost anybody you could put on the floor who's not James Wiseman. I'd, Killian Hayes is a classic. Like ah, they, I just read Jake's comment. Go ahead. They they drafted him high. And they have refused to back down from their priors as an organization. It's like, well, we got to keep giving them opportunities. New coach, new this. And he still stinks. Stop. It's You're throwing good money. Well, I don't know if I would say throwing good money after that because there's basically no good money. And they did extend On them. the Detroit Pistons. They extended him. Uh, yeah, he's, I'm out, Killian Hayes. Can't do
0: it. I didn't get it in the first place, but I'm, I'm out on, on Killian Hayes. Derek, any thoughts on Killian Hayes? Yeah, he stinks. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> See, this is what we talk this is what you get here, the three man team, folks. <laughs> on the High level y- analysis. Sixers, he stinks. Five, he stinks. <laughs> and I Th- think does all, it
3: really need more though? No, yeah. like, I, no, you're he's completely gotta, he's gonna come in here, take ten <laughs> shots, and be awful. Be awful on defense, give you nine points on ten. No, get him no. You don't yeah. want him using possessions. Yeah,
1: no. yeah. Uh he's uh, just
3: talented enough. To waste possessions
1: Jay of the jungle says we have no guards Well guess what you trade for Killian Hayes You, you still would have still no have guards. no guards He likes yes. Killian Hayes uh, J- uh, <laughs> uh,
0: Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. We uh, love you Jay but
1: I do not love Killian y- y- You're y- y-
0: you Killian me With these names Devon oh, no. <laughs> I-, I hear you That's Great good. pull right well, there I
3: will acknowledge I like that one there
1: you Well Killian that was, was Marshawn Lynch in the chat So can't even give Devon I'll credit try. on that one Hey you know it was, it was his call Absolutely
0: not You know, uh, James Wiseman, he's getting destroyed. i give you one more because Asore Thompson off the board, he could absolutely play for the Sixers. Same with Isaiah Stewart. He could absolutely play for the Sixers uh, on this basketball team. i give you another shooter, Joe Harris. Could you play
3: for the Philadelphia Sixers? I mean, he's barely playing right now. What's his injury status? Is he okay?
0: Um,
1: No, I was watching the Nets the other night, and he was on the floor. He just
3: didn't get
0: a
1: lot of minutes. Uh, I would say this, and I'm borrowing this from our good friend, Rich Hoffman, who – I believe he tweeted this or somebody else in his replies one day tweeted it, said, Joe Harris has the stats of a a good player, but I promise I've never seen him have a good game. <laughs> That's how I feel about he Joe Harris. He had a Harris. couple of
3: real struggling series against the Sixers.
1: Yeah, I mean, those series against the Sixers, but also like whenever I would catch him on a random night for the Nets in a real game, because look, they're a national TV team for – Good stretch there with KD and Kyrie mm-hmm. and James. They're playing a lot of games. He and was a big piece of that because of his outside shooting. At least when those he was players. healthy. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I've never seen him have. Maybe I'm just blanking on it. I've never seen him have a good game in a high leverage situation. So. All right. I'm uh, good. If you
3: would ask me like four years ago, sure. Yeah. Like yeah, that not, kind not of off ball movement shooter, I like. It's just I, he might be. Not, not I think he's
0: toast. Yeah. yeah, the injuries killed him. All right, I'm extending it two names, and then we get to our mailbag. The Washington Wizards, the five wins on the season. They stink. Could you, anybody from the Wizards, play for the 76ers? Let me give you this one. I like Bilal Kul- Koulibaly, so I would say yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I like yep. him. If you Denny, could get a Denny Abia, we pay. talked about last night, yeah. he could actually. Patrick Baldwin Jr., could you? Hell no.
1: Play for the Philadelphia 76ers? No. A first
0: round pick for the no. Golden State Warriors.
1: If a first round pick for the Warriors could actually play, he would still be on the, the Warriors. Warriors. They are some bad ones, boy. Some bad ones. Some bad. No wins. love for my guy Tyus Jones. Well, because by the way. we all know that he plays for that. the 76ers. Yeah. This is one. That I, I just I want to make sure it's established I, that we all know. Fair enough. I did
3: see a comment earlier. Uh, I forget who it was, so I apologize. But like. Tyus Jones has to have been mentioned by now, and he actually hadn't been. It took us, you know, a good I got you, Tyus. I hold you down if nobody else. We're not going to go this entire podcast without mentioning. (laughs) Always
0: got you back. We've talked about Delon Wright. He could be a backup guard Mm -hmm. as the maybe third behind Marcus, uh, uh, Monte Morris, and Tyus. But Delon Wright could absolutely be a backup uh, guard, ball handler on this team. My final one because this team stinks too. But I, I always root for Corey Kispert. The shooting. I, he got an extension on his, you know, off his I don't know if I root deal. for him. Say I've always could. liked him at, at Gonzaga. And I was like, that guy can shoot, put him sure. on this team here, and I think he yeah. can find some space. I just don't think – some guys I just like enough where I'm like, get him off that team. That team stinks. Get him away from there. He doesn't belong on that team. I'm a, I like Corey Kispert. I, I'm sorry. I, I think with his shooting, I, I think he could – play on this basketball team young enough, even though he is, um, how old is he? Yeah. 24, 6'6". I think he could play here.
3: There's sort of the thing with a lot of these questions, though. Depth isn't really the Sixers' problem. Like, they have a lot of forwards Yeah, but could these guys jump
0: role. over some of those yeah. players?
3: Well, I mean, just with the shooting, possibly. Yeah. But, like... I mean, we already. I think Kyle and I would both like to see Covington get more minutes. He seems like a defensive menace every time he's on the floor, and it's tough enough to get him spots. Um, I think that's why part of these. I think if you're going to find someone who would play, it would be, you know, maybe a, a guy from one of these teams. that would be a, more of a guard, um, a, a dribbly kind of person. They, <laughs> a dribbly, a dribbly person. kind of person. <laughs> the Sixers are pretty set in terms of forwards, so it would be tough for someone like even even if I like him, it would be tougher for someone like Kispert to crack the rotation. All right,
1: man. I just I'll never trust a, a white. White guy wears headbands playing basketball, just like a. I
3: think a he weird... was doing
1: that just because he
0: knew how bad the <laughs> vibes were in Washington. He's like, look, I gotta do something to bring, <laughs> you know, you know how you team unity. Brad Beal's wearing the the headband. That's one of his staples. I,
1: I gotta wear. The, I gotta wear. To it. your point, though, and sort of dovetailing with what Derek is got, At least if you were to get somebody like that, I don't think you're probably not trading for him because they would ask for too much for a guy who's got. Yeah. at least some utility and is sort of young like they're that's not the type of guy they're trading away right now it's it's the vets the guy's making lots of money, et cetera it's not working for them but he if he came here, he would bring a skill that they don't yep. really have, and that at least even if he's not a nightly rotation guy, if he ends up in that Covington bucket where mm-hmm. he's not playing a ton or he's not an every night guy, if the normal rotation guys are not playing well, you go okay we we break the Corey Kispert glass and you say we got a movement shooter, put them out there, do all that then. Alright, ready for some mailbag questions? Yeah, we got, I feel like they were all kind of along the, not the same lines, but similar lines. It's I will a lot say, of, to
3: be fair, we solicited questions about a week ago. It was the 21st. And, yeah, yes. and then we went on a rant about Christmas movies and what else did we Go off. Yeah, we talked
0: it was mainly Christmas movies and, and uh Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: We ended up having Put that a much, cookie
1: down <laughs> <yes>. now. <laughs>
3: well, we ended up having a much longer discussion about random stuff than we thought. So if these questions seem a tiny bit outdated, that is why. But I think for the most and, and part Kyle, they hold up. And,
0: and I'll say this too, because Kyle never brought up the movie that he really wanted to bring up as a Christmas movie. And a friend of mine, she had posted. We're gonna something. skip the
3: mailbag again. No, no, no. It was just
0: more <laughs> of, we gotta give respect to Lethal Weapon. Christmas movie.
1: I'm saying I would advise people, or well, maybe not, because Mel Gibson is you know, well, not a person I would like well, to support in the year 2023. Well, 1998, I mean, 88, whenever that movie was made, he was... That was a banger of a movie. He was right there. And it's definitely a now Christmas movie a if you think Die Hard is. Yeah. All right, let's get to these questions. Martian Lynch, I'm just poking <laughs> f- I poke fun at white basketball players a lot because it's self-depreciation oh, yeah, yeah. as much as anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just to be clear. Yeah. Man, I- I'll obviously get there, too.
3: Work. Shooting gene doesn't always work because look at Kyle. He can't shoot.
1: I'm a rebounder and a passer, buddy. <laughs> Folks, I, we have a mini basketball
0: court out there. We're going to bring that in studio one day and put that to – I don't know where it would fit. Maybe the camera has to back up a little bit so we can angle it and shoot the shot wherever we need to maybe over here against this wall. But we're going to bring that in since Derek, Derek wants to talk about Kyle's shooting.
1: Okay. So on the mailbag front, there was one that I think we've gotten onto on the show, but I really like. This is from Eric Schmidt on mm-hmm. Twitter. At Philly Sport Loss, and he asked, "Can you guys explain how Ananobi or Siakam would be any different than trading for Tobias and making the same mistake? It's a guy who wants a bigger role than we have available in Ananobi, and this these are his words, just to be clear. And fake All Star in Siakam. I think Derek has made this point before, not the point that Eric is making, but the more important point is that." Not only are you giving up capital to trade for him, there's a very good chance if you trade for OG Ananobi, you're going to give him as bad of a deal as Tobias Harris got. And I don't think that that's the business you want to be in. I think OG is good. I think he would be a nice guy to get on this team if the price was right. But I think it's probably a situation where you're better off just hoping that you can get him in free agency and if not... Oh, wow. That's a big part
0: of when we talk about I'm
1: sick of these names
0: and the the money that was talked about for this offseason, having that flexibility in the offseason, making a trade here at the deadline in February. It's because none of these names are overwhelming enough to say, yes, he deserves that max contract. As good as OG Ananobi is, would fit on this team, all things considered, not knowing what his relationship is with Nick Nurse, but his role, all of that stuff. It also does go with the money. It goes with the money and not having a situation once again, like you did with Tobias Harris, where you're forced because you made the trade, you are left with having to give him that money because you gave up some really good capital in that deal. So I I hope from just sitting here and talking with you all in December as we close in on January that I I would I would not feel good at giving him two hundred million dollars or whatever. Oh no, the, yeah, whatever that's... the number is, I, I would not like that. As that's why another reason why I keep saying, can we get some more names? And then we're still far away. We're a month and what week and a half away from the actual trade deadline. But these names don't really do much for me. I'm not the one making the decisions. I'm just a guy sitting here talking about it. But I would not feel comfortable or good if they gave two hundred million dollars to OG Ananobi.
3: Here's here here's what I'll say. Whoever they trade for, you're probably not going to like the next contract that they sign. <laughs> but is it as, bad right. as the but, Harris one? Well no, part of the reason that Harris was the contract was bad was not because Harris wanted to be more, but because they needed him to be more. If you can get OG and you know, he can give you fifteen points per game, let's say, fifteen to seventeen. With good spot-up shooting and elite defense, I am okay overpaying that. The problem is, do you need someone else that would, you know, those trade resources you'll never get back? And does he want to be more? And one I always go back to, you know, th- uh, Tobias is different because Tobias was a jack-of-all-trades, a master of none. OG is an elite defender and mm-hmm. a good spot-up three-point shooter. Maybe not yeah, elite, that's but fair. very good. That's fair. Two skills that I think the Sixers need, two skills that he's better at than Tobias Harris. Like I said, the problem was that Tobias didn't really master anything. But he's always wanted to be a little bit more. Do you know what he is averaging right now, OG, right now, as a pick-and-roll ball handler? He's shooting 16.7% Ooh. on possessions. Is that good? Point, I
1: score? Did I break it?
3: <laughs> averaging .343 3 points per possession. That's Ooh. literally into zero zeroth percentile. I don't know if that's a word. I made that up. Zero percentile of uh, pick-and-roll ball handlers. And, to, and, and Nick Nurse in the past has rewarded him, I think, with more pick-and-roll possessions than he deserves. Now, look, OG has been better in terms of creating on pick-and-rolls. In previous seasons, but he's never been good. I've always felt like he wants to do a little more than he should. My problem with him isn't that he's not a 20 point per game scorer that's going to be overpaid. My problem is that I think he thinks that he is a 20 point per game scorer because if he just backs off of that, I'm okay overpaying a role player who is an elite defender and a good floor spacer. He just can't waste possessions as well. Luckily, Nick Nurse is probably in as good of a position as anyone in the league to know what OG wants. Unluckily, Nick seemed to empower OG in previous stops, and that's where my concern
1: is. So I want to build off of that for one of our other mailbag questions that we got, because I feel like, and I, this is probably true, we always get the pushback from the chat. Why don't you like this guy, as we just complain about all these guys? And our friend, <laughs> Kinetic Skate Shop, asked, I feel like I only hear about who the media people don't want. I want to hear who you guys do want. Maybe one shot, long shot player, and two attainable players. I think so. The long shot to me is the guy that I've brought up a bunch of times. That you got to kidnap. Oh well, that's that's actually not who I was (laughs) thinking of. Uh He was thinking about (laughs) Mikhail, but Markinin is the guy. Yeah, he's the long shot. He's the long shot. I don't think it's happening, but. Even though there are some things I don't like about him defensively, I think he's been better defensively than we expected coming into the league. I think he's – I don't think Utah is itching to trade him, certainly, but they're at least going to have to assess some things at the deadline and say, where are we at? What does he mean versus what we could acquire for him? And I think that level of volume shooting at that position next to Joel Embiid would be difference-making For him, it's somebody that you simply could not leave alone ever. Somebody who can be used off movement, can do some ball handling, can do some different stuff. I would lo- and look, frankly, you could juice some lineups with just Maxi on the floor. Could be a kick-ass offensive team, space the floor, spread it out, make it so Tyrese is attacking one-on-one matchups basically the entire time that he's on the floor without Joel. He's one of the the top guys for me or top even semi reasonable guys for me cuz there's a class of player or probably multiple classes of player above him but I just don't think they have the ammunition to get he might be on like the very fringe of what they could put together with their best possible package I would love to see what Joel would look like with a shooter like that I just don't think it'll happen
3: And this is where you know I think from Daryl's perspective Players that you don't expect become available all the time, but the Sixers are on a pretty tight timeline, in part because they want to maximize this year, but in part because that cap space is you've got one shot at this before Tyrese gets that next extension. You've got the trade deadline here. You've got the draft, which is the second biggest trade trade day of the year, and if nothing materializes in those two, then you've got to go out and try to do something in free agency. You don't have a lot, a lot of time because a lot of these players that we're going to talk about, there's something that you're giving up, whether that's OG with the offense, um, whether that's someone like Levine with the defense. The question is, how long can you wait for perfect? Uh, and if there's a reason why it sounds like we are down on everyone that brings up, it's because there, there is no perfect and you've got to pick which one you're willing to live without. Um, it's uh, yeah, well, I, 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 I still got to see what shakes out because there's just always something you don't expect deadline. Um, and what will that be? Will it fit with the Sixers?
0: Yeah, then they may not be there yet. So, But Lowry, Mark, and I would agree with you that that's the long shot of long shots that's really, really, really good.
3: We do have a super chat, uh, and I agree. Lowry um, and Mikhail are the two long shots. I, I think both pretty long shots. I distanced myself.
1: We need you, Devon, to get to Mikhail and be like, hey, start dropping some hints to people. Yeah. that oh, <laughs> I'm not loving that we're not winning more just in a, Brooklyn. Just
3: a vague Instagram poster too, something. something. An Instagram You want me
0: text them? We'll call them in there? Yeah, just
1: something. like a, one of those Instagram stories that's just like black screen, white text. Uh, like,
0: and then people will start to read into that. They're like, playing oh, with my whoa. name or just some, some weird, <laughs> yeah, whatever oh, he has to okay. say. Okay, all right. Do you want
3: to bring up a, we have a super chat from Ash. Does replacing Harris with OG improve title odds? I think it does. Yeah, I think it does decently. Maybe I not significantly too. enough to make him the one big swing or the assets that you're going to give up, but yes, I think he definitely does.
0: I do too. I do too. Um, any any attainable players that, in that question that you were talking Kinetic.
3: This is the uh, Tyus Jones I was segment say,
0: the, the podcast. We, we need
1: to get a Ty sponsored Jones. segment for Tyus Jones on the show. If they ever trade for him, I feel like he's basically an honorary PHLY employee on top of that. So mm-hmm. Tyus is attainable for many reasons expiring contract bad team probably want to give some opportunities to other guys to handle the ball whatever that's one of the most perfect cheap trade acquisitions you can make that has no impact on your future cap that's one of the main guys to me i'd have to think about what's up tj McConnell's um so the trick uh, – he's a, probably another good example. Yeah. I think the tricky thing with him is Indiana wants to make the playoffs sure. and compete in the playoffs, so they're not moving him for – I think his minutes cheap. have fallen back a little bit, but
0: to, to your point, yes. You know, and then they have An- Nimhard. Do they want to give him more minutes over TJ's minutes? Yeah. Things like that. is playing well, so he's getting more minutes than he was in the beginning when TJ was absolutely getting a, a good run. But TJ McConnell is another name for me.
3: Yeah, I just agree with Kyle. I, I don't think they're looking to give him up. Yeah, yeah. But I think his role is probably not what it, he wants it to be. So, yeah, you never know. All
1: right. Another what question? about either Bogdanovich? I know we've talked about Bojan. How, how gettable do we think Bogdan Bogdanovich is? Because, um, again, Atlanta, for the same reasons that Murray would be available.
0: They're 12-18 and 18 right now, Atlanta is. They've lost their last three, three of their last ten like, overall. Um.
3: It's a pretty good deal. Three What's years left at about sixteen to seventeen per. Oh, I mean, and sign we, me up on that. And he's only
0: thirty-one. What's his role? Is he a starter on this team? Is he coming off the bench? He's no, I, he's coming if, off if the Something bench. like that. I think, yeah, I think he's pure six-man type yep. guy. Is now is Melton still a piece here, or, or is Melton moved on in this deal?
3: I mean, I think because of what you Bogdan guys talk about about
0: fan. Melton in general. Yeah. And I know you guys talked to Vince about it. We all talked to Vince about it. Where how Darryl Morey thinks a guy in a contract like that. Uh, potentially next summer you may not want to give him that type of money you want to get ahead of something and get something back for him draft capital does he have to go in a deal like that to acquire yeah I think Bogdanovich I
3: think Bogdanovich would have a pretty wide market 31 elite shooter that's
0: where we get into that roster construction of well I don't want Kelly Oubre starting you know what I'm saying and it can't be Covington and Batum it can only be one of them for me. I think
1: it's probably you're giving up a real first. And yeah. that's when, so the the tricky part with Atlanta Bogdanovich is that you would have to sacrifice some of what you'd hope to use on like the third guy, like whoever that is. I, and you would compromise your ability to put together that type of deal. I think to Derek's point about elite shooter, it's not just that he's a you know good catch and shoot guy. You can have him run the offense. He is like a, a a useful, flexible player offensively. And frankly, as all this stuff is going on with Trey and DeJounte and they've changed that team, he has been amenable to changing his role, changing yep. what he's doing depending on the lineup. So he checks a lot of those boxes we're talking about in terms of that's a guy who who will come here and I think probably be about the right things. And you have him on a team-friendly deal moving forward. And for all those reasons, he's going to probably be priced out of of where I think he's
3: significantly more capable defender someone who can hold up better than detroit bogdanovich yes. which is how i'm going to refer to them from now on atlanta bogdanovich and detroit bogdanovich. Well,
0: how, how do you pronounce their names because they are different boyan
1: and, and bog bogdan, bogdan. bogdan. Yeah. yeah
3: but i think people get confused by that because they're so similar they so just detroit god bless and his parents for
1: waking up and saying you know what we need to name our son bogdan bogdanovich <laughs> you know
0: you know <laughs> you know who would be a great fit as i think about it? we're going to the white boy shooters now um Kevin Herter would have been fantastic next to Maxie in the backcourt. Man, he's still, he's, he's still
3: posting up Seth Curry to this day. Today, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just like you see
0: watch. Joe Gerovich still running yep. down on the sideline. It's still Kevin Herter just destroying Seth Curry in that game seven. And
3: his father-in-law is doing nothing to stop it.
1: <laughs> Zero. We have Marv brought up Jordan Clarkson. I would say my, my issue with Jordan is that I don't think he's a playoff defender. Period. I oh, think we've seen and especially that. Not a playoff
3: defender next to Max. We Ooh.
1: have seen that play out a, a few times at Seth, this point. Seth Curry, like he also is not, frankly, playing as well right now as he has in previous seasons. Now maybe you can steal him, but I think he's got more years left on the contract, if I remember correctly. And unlike Bogdanovich, I don't know that I want to be in the long term Clarkson business. I think
0: if two he, more,
3: two yeah. more twenty-eight.
1: Yeah, uh, not sure that I
0: want that on. When the, he left the Cleveland sheet. was the ideal time. When they when they traded him to the Jazz, leaving Cleveland, that was the ideal time.
3: And honestly, on the Jazz with Rudy Gobert behind him, was probably the ideal fit for him defensively mm-hmm. too. He would be a tough fit next to Maxi. Yeah.
0: You want to get one more before we get out of here?
1: Another mailbag question, yeah. or just mailback. start to do the my favorite tweet? That's like, guys love sitting around all day just naming athletes. <laughs> it's like, you're absolutely right. Okay, let's see. Let's see one uh, more. We our guy Ash actually asked us on Twitter separately for the mailbag said this team can win a title this year with the right moves how do they upgrade the harris role for a legit third option on a title team hmm. harris
0: isn't it is how he closes it it, it it's the long shot of lowry marketing it's the same position and it's the looking at the og and part if he's involved in that deal of course With that swap, as he asked in the super chat. So uh,
1: I, I think those are the two right there. That is how you upgrade it. I also think there is a path where as much as we harp on the third option and Tobias and all that, I think if they get two like legit guys, not not third score, not like a Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton type guy. Is it the Caruso type? Or is it a little if bit above g- if the Caruso type? If they get more type? than one of those, like if you got Two of Caruso that. and Herb Bogdanovich, Jones. for example, okay,
3: Atlanta Bogdanovich,
1: Atlanta Bogdanovich. Oh, yeah. If you get Caruso, that's your defensive upgrade, versatile defender. You get Atlanta Bogdanovich, and that juices up your bench scoring. You can mess with your lineups a little bit. Another creator, another guy who, frankly, can dribble on a team that doesn't have enough of those dribbly types. Dribly types as Derek mm-hmm. put it earlier. Yeah. that might be a recurring segment now <laughs> on the show <laughs> you could convince me that that might be enough to to push them past where they're at right now because I think Maxi being as good as he is has taken me off the corner I was on where it's like you gotta have the third guy you gotta have like somebody comes in who, who is carrying the offense on a night where you know maybe Joel and Tyrese are struggling like maybe maybe you can cobble it together by being just a top five team on both sides of the ball which is what they are right now I believe they're third in offense and second in defense currently which is just crazy to think about I think if you get a you know two balanced additions that maybe you can do it without having, you know, the type of trade that Ash is talking about for hmm. OG, Pascal, whoever it might be.
3: Well, and even someone hmm. like, let's say Atlanta Bogdanovich, if you pair them maybe with OG. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like, you don't have the resources for that now. Maybe you can cobble together another first round pick or two. It would probably take two more. Um, you figure those two combined will probably cost you four first round picks at least. But like something like that, where you have like a, a clear number one score, clear number two score, and maybe like, You don't know who necessarily is the third or fourth, but they're sort of like co-equals with different skill sets, one off ball uh, movement, one sort of off ball catch and shoot, one elite defender, one who can maybe handle a little ball handling. Maybe neither of those two are your prototypical third options or 2A options, but you have so much different diversity and talent that it works. But I just, I I think they're a little short on assets for something like that.
0: That's not true, Phil. I see you there. I see. Why are you coming at me today, man? It's the he holidays. Really is. Phil,
1: Phil is really coming after. Come on, Devon. Phil.
0: Why are you coming at me today? It's, it's all good though. He <laughs> said, "I don't want a third guy on this team. I just want Maxie, and that's it." LOL. Um, no, that's not true. It's just the names that we've talked about don't feel like, and you know that like, they they. I don't want sure. them coming in here thinking they can take Maxi's role when Maxi is good enough to fill the role that ideally you might be talking about that third guy thinking he is coming in yeah. here to
3: do what Maxi does. And part of it, if it sounds like we are just like. Nitpicking at all of these players' warts. Part of it is because right now you have six weeks. You don't have to commit. We all, I think, realize this is maybe their last chance to really go all in. Their last chance to make a big play, whether that is a trade or you know having a trade assets to make one final big trade, or the cap space to make one final big signing. So we are going to nitpick because you need to hit a home run on this. But you get the trade deadline, or at the very latest next summer, you have to make a decision. Then we will probably be a little more accepting of, all right, this isn't a perfect fit, but this is the best option that they have. We just don't know what the best option is now. So we get a little nitpicky.
0: And Phil, by the way, before the Bulls started winning basketball games, when we were talking Levine and Caruso. I was the one sitting here taking shots at people when I said, yeah, I take DeMar DeRozan. I take DeMar DeRozan. So take that, Phil, because I said another scorer because I feel like he would know his role. I love you though, man. It's all good. <laughs> Happy holidays to
1: you. I was gonna say we love quite a few. We love quite a few people around here. I think it's it's probably time to it's get time out of to here. It yeah, up. So it's time to start. I so gotta up. shout out all my people. What's today. up, people? Rick and Marty, Sammy, Papa, Corey, Martian Lynch, our guy Phil, as we've brought we up many you, times. We love you, Phil. It's like Uncle Phil. What's up? <laughs> Everybody By the way, did uncle you Phil. know the actor who played Uncle Phil was the voice of Shredder in the 1980s no Ninja Turtles cartoon? I did, I did not look know it that. up. I did not know that. Our guy Ash, Jake, Benjamin. There's another uncle, Uncle Jesse, in the chat today. <laughs> uncle Jesse, Jaywalk, the Jay, comms Oda, comms we got here. multiple Jays, Jaywalk and Jay of the Jungle. I know we had Jason Blevins earlier. We had a. I'm sure our guy. Two Minute Warning was here at some point. I'm sure our guy, Money Marr, was here at some point. I just assume man. you guys are here every day. day. I'm gonna, Probably Brian Knight. I, there's some people I Not know. Not Brian just, McKnight. Brian, Brian Knight. Brian Knight. We love you all for being here yes. once again.
0: Tell a friend to tell another friend and all the other friends. You're around each other for the holidays. Tell them all, turn us on the big TV in the living room while you're sitting around playing cards.
1: Whatever you're doing. Hey. It's
0: the
3: holidays. See, look, there's Brian Knight. I knew Brian he was Knight. here. knew Uncle Phil with Shredder. That blew my mind.
1: Listen, this uh, is the Ninja Turtles trivia you come to me for. Look who we're
3: talking. We didn't have to question that. If you have not
1: already, gang, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell icon so you get notifications each and every time we go live. And certainly to make me feel warm and fuzzy inside and to brighten the days of Devon, Derek, and to Julia, who's producing our show today, hit that thumbs up button on the video on the way out. We will be back for Two post-game shows in a row, Friday night, tomorrow night, and Saturday night. Look at us. See you guys then. Look at us. Talk to you guys later.
2: Y'all silly like the mayor.